Awesome. So power. As we said, we've done money, sex and power. And today is the first part of two on power. And Carl will be picking this up next week. Um, I thought it's probably worth starting off with just asking what is power? What is power? We have seen girl power, flower power, grey power, and I do love that one. I'm old and tired, get off my lawn. There's ginger power, apparently, and baby power. Everyone wants power, but many abuse power. So what is it? What is power? There are a few different definitions of power. Obviously, there's the thing you plug into the wall. There's horses that have power, apparently. Today, we're going to focus on power as authority. The ability to control. This form of power is one that we, it's really important for us as God's people, it's really important for us to understand this. To understand it rightly, because when we understand it right, we can use it right. If we understand and follow what God's word teaches, we will not abuse power. Let's pray. Lord, um, we come just so grateful that you are amongst us. So grateful for your work in our lives, Lord, the salvation you bring to us. So grateful for your word. And pray today, Father, that you would speak clearly to us. Help us, Father, to understand and, Father, help us to know you in a deeper way as we, as we listen to your word and as we focus on you. Guide my words, Father, and speak to each of us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so power. Awesome, bro. We, we all have power. From as soon as we were able to grab that spoon and feed ourselves or throw food or stick it in our ear, we have power over our own actions, over what we will do. And that's where it starts. And it then expands with position. Big brother or big sister have power, although not always as much as they think they have. Parents have power, not always as much as they need. <laughs> Leader has power. Administrator has power. Supervisor, teacher, boss, elder, pastor. Our positions give us some authority, some control, some power. An important question for us to start from is recognizing where does authority actually come from? Let's go through some scriptures and see what God's word teaches us. Now in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, King David has just seen the people of Israel giving generously for the building of God's temple. He, he's called the people to come and to give, to bring offerings so that the temple can be built. And he's just seen them pour out generous offerings. And this is what he proclaims. First Chronicles 29, 11 and 12. Yours, Lord, 
is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Love that passage. The first point that we need to recognize is that all power is God's. All power is God's. The scriptures are repeated again and again and again. Glory and honor and power to you, Lord. It is his. Let's pause and pray. Let's pause and acknowledge who our God is and his power. I, I, I'm going to pray, but the space is open too. If anyone just wants to proclaim something about God and his mightiness, then the floor is open for that. Father, we, uh, we do just want to bow before you and acknowledge that you are the source of all power. Lord, you are mighty. You're amazing in the senses, but we don't have the words for. But Father, we want to praise you and acknowledge who you are. Bless you, Lord. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Amen. So that's our starting point. For us to, to understand power, we start by recognizing it's God's. That all power is God's. Then we've got to ask, okay, well, how does this work? What does God's limitless power and authority have to do with humanity's power and authority? In Daniel chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, was having some bad dreams. His mum wasn't home. So he was looking to his wise people for help. Help about his bad dreams. But he didn't trust his advisors. So he said, well, hang on. First of all, you tell me what the dream was. And then tell me what it means. Because if I tell you what the dream was, you're just going to make up some stuff. So you tell me what the dream was. If you have this wisdom that you claim to have, you tell me what the dream was and then tell me what it means. So they couldn't help. So he went to Daniel with the same thing. You tell me what my dream was and then tell me what it means. And so Daniel goes to God. And God tells him what the dream is. In this passage we're looking at, Daniel has just told Nebuchadnezzar the dream. And this is where he interprets it. Daniel chapter 2, 36 to 38. This was the dream, and now we will interpret it to the king. Your majesty, you are the king of kings. Remember, he's talking about Nebuchadnezzar. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. In your hands, he has placed all mankind and the beasts of the field and the birds in the sky. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them all. You are that head of gold, which was in that dream. So there's one example that's helping us to understand this interaction between God's power and humanity's power. But let's look at the New Testament. 
Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. So in understanding power as authority, these are our first two points. All power is God's, and he gives it to people. Really, really good and important to understand. Power as authority is a gift from God. So whatever authority we hold, we should hold it lightly as caretakers, not as owners of it. While we're at this point, recognizing that God gives his power to people, I actually want to pause and take a little sideways jump. God gives power to people. And I want to recognize another sort of power. That God power by which he reveals truth to our souls. By which he transforms us from self-centered sinners into an image of Christ. That power of God by which he raises the dead, heals the sick, and expands his kingdom. We need that power. I know I need that power. I was reading, preparing um, this week and looking at things, and I read something which really challenged and convicted me. We've just come away from our youth camp, which was awesome. Um, and I, I was stoked with what, how it all went, stoked with how I was able to share God's word. But on reflection, I look at it and I think, the message, I think, was solid. But I don't see the power of God changing people's hearts. Um, I was praying. But I need God's power in what he's got us here to do. We need God's power as a church to represent in the way you look through history and the times there's been revivals and the church has just been an image of Christ. And it's not just a case that people look and logically think God's power is transforming people in those situations. and We need that power. If you're able, I invite you to stand and just with open hands, I want to pray over us. So you're welcome to stand with me. If, if you're able, if you're not, then God knows. Father, thank you that you are the giver of all power. We don't seek power as authority, Lord. We trust that you will give that as you know it's, is best. But Father, we seek your enabling power. Please fill us with your power that enables us to be your church. Please fill us with your power that transforms us, heart, soul, mind, into your image. Lord, I join with Paul in praying from Ephesians 2. Glorious Father, may you give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may know you better. Father, may the eyes of our heart be enlightened in order that we might know the hope to which you have called us the riches of your glorious inheritance in your holy people and your incomparably great power for us who believe.
that power, Lord, that mighty strength which you exerted when you raised Christ from the dead and seated him at your right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Glory to you, God. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, Holy Spirit. Please, please fill us with your power. Amen. Thank you. That was, um, that was my little dog, dog leg off the topic. But as, as I was looking, I like, it was really on my heart that we need to seek God's power more in this way. Uh, and there will be space and time for us to pray for each other more about that at the end. But we will continue to progress in our understanding of power as authority from God's word. Regarding power as authority, it's really easy for power to go to our heads if we get a position and people look up to us. For us to start to love the power and to love the privileges, that's where abuse of power comes from. But let's see what Jesus has to say about this. In Mark chapter 12, Jesus is teaching a crowd. And the crowd includes chief priests, the teachers of the law, the elders, the religious rulers, the religious powerful. Mark chapter 12. Jesus then began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard. And he put a wall around it and he dug a pit for the winepress and he built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and moved to another place. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the tenants to collect from them some of the fruit from the vineyard. But they seized him, they beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Then he sent another servant to them. They struck this man on the head and treated him shamefully. He sent still another, and that one they killed. He sent many others, some of them they beat, and others they killed. He had one left to send, a son whom he loved. He sent him last of all, saying, They will respect my son. But the tenants said to one another, This is the heir. Come on, let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they took him, and they killed him, and they threw him out of the vineyard. So what then will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. Jesus is making a point that when something is gifted to you, you're accountable to the person who's given it to you. Here's our points looking at power. All power is God's. He gives it to people. And we are accountable to him for the authority, for the control, for the power that he gives us. Whatever authority we have, whether it's control over people or things, we're accountable to him for how we hold that position, for how we hold that power, that authority. We are accountable to him. Let's pray.
Lord, I pray you, you would speak to us. Lord, as we, as we hear these things, help them to... Father, I pray your spirit would move in our heart that it will be more than just words, Father, but that you would help us to grasp and even reflect on what positions of power, what positions of authority each of us hold. Father, bless us with humility that we would be clear that it's your power and not ours. And help us, Father, to hold the power that you give us lightly and to remember that we are caretakers of your power. And show us, Father, how to use it. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now, one more question. So we've recognized that power is God's. We've recognized that he gives it to people, and we've recognized that we're accountable to him for how we use it. So the obvious next question is, well, how do we use it? How does he want us to use it? In Mark chapter 10, James and John come sneakily to Jesus and just have a quiet word while the other disciples are probably busy playing cards or something. And they asked Jesus if they could sit at his left and right hand in glory. Positions of power, positions of honor. Mark chapter 10. When the ten other disciples heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. So Jesus called them together. And he said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. He's flipping this whole thing upside down. Um, a lot of people will talk about the kingdom of God, Jesus' kingdom being an upside down kingdom. And Jesus is teaching this. If you want to be great, serve. Be lowly. That's what he teaches his disciples. And then in John chapter 13, we see this. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Iscariot, Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and he was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. When he had finished washing his, their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place. 
Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you as an example that you should do as I have done for you. Serve. 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 And we see Jesus with his disciples, and so the, the model and the example is there with our, with our friends, with our teams, with our whanau. Serve. And just to be 100% clear about who we are to serve, Jesus teaches us this in Matthew chapter 5. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. All power is God's. He gives it to people. We are each accountable to him. And Jesus asks the powerful to serve in love. To empower others, to lift others. We've heard of people having power over others. But Jesus gives us the example and he calls us to follow him in bringing power under others. Not to lord it over, but to serve. To serve from below, to empower, to lift up. To use our power, not for our own benefit, but for the benefit of others. Not for our own honour, but for the honour of others. To serve in love. All power is God's and he gives it to us. And we are each accountable to him for how we use it. Jesus asks us to serve in love. This morning, we really want to open up some space for us just to be in prayer. If God has stirred in you in any way this morning around this, um, then I encourage you to pray with the person next to you. Chat with the person next to you and say, hey, the Lord's stirring me about this. We, we hold different um, degrees of power depending on our positions, depending on who we are. We all have power over our own actions. We have power and authority over, over children, different relationships. And then depending on our position, on our, um, what our role is in the workforce and at home, all of those spaces, have a think through it. There will be people, situations that we have power over, even if it's just the case of walking past someone who's homeless. They don't have the opportunity. They are essentially powerless. But we have power to help and to bless and it's not, you don't have to think too hard to think, well, what would Jesus do in these situations? So I encourage you to, if, if there's things the Lord stirred in you this morning, to pray for one another. There'll be the opportunity up the, if you want to come up the front to be prayed for, some of us will gather there to pray. My prayer is that the Lord will keep shaping us as his people and bless you as you seek to bless others. Let's pray.
Lord, we bow before you for all power is yours. And uh, Father, whatever power you put into our hands, we want to use to honour you, Lord. We want to use that others would see and know you and be amazed at who you are. Shape us, Father. Transform our hearts. Transform our thinking. Transform our lives with your spirit. Move amongst us, Lord. Move in this neighbourhood. By your power, we pray. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.